Hello and welcome in to a special emergency podcast. Uh, my name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX, and I haven't gotten up from this chair yet from doing the other show that we just <laughs> did at one o'clock. Uh, this man joining me, of course, is the brains of the operation, the one and only vice mayor himself, Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. And we are very excited to tell you all of the reasons why you should like the news we are about to bring you. And that news is that Jock Peterson has reportedly signed a deal with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We do not know the terms of the deal yet. According to John Gambadoro, uh, the deal is a done deal. He says he doesn't know the terms yet. He speculated that it sounds like it might be a one-year deal with perhaps perhaps an option, but we do not know that yet. Uh, but Jesse, we just talked about Jock. We just talked about how hilarious it would be if he actually replaced Tommy Pham. Uh, and this <laughs> signing for the Arizona Diamondbacks, even though a lot of people don't seem to like it very much, is is a good one for this team, especially if you could consider the alternative, which is them doing nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, Jock Peterson, is, as we just talked about, what, like 10 minutes ago? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, this is the same show, essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, Jock is a valuable addition to the Diamondbacks. There's no question about that. He is a platoon bat. I want to make that clear. The more that you can avoid Jock Peterson facing left-handed pitching, the better. Uh, you do not want Jock Peterson facing lefties. He had an OPS right around 600 against lefties this past season. That is not in his skill set now, nor has it really ever been in his skill set to hit lefties. But Peterson has a long track record of hitting right-handed pitching really well. And yeah. uh, last I checked, most pitchers in this game are right-handed. Uh, so in the majority of situations, uh, the Diamondbacks are getting themselves a pretty big improvement to the lineup. Uh, and this is something I tweeted about a little while ago. There is a, a, and we talked about it on the show earlier. I think there's a misconception that the Diamondbacks needed a right-handed bat that they're uh, you know, they're set to go against right-handed pitching and they just needed mm -hmm. help against lefties. I, I never have really believed that that was the case. Mike Hazen about a month ago talked about how uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a left-handed bat or a right-handed bat that the Diamondbacks are looking at that they could consider a lefty as well. And it makes sense. You look at their projected lineup right now against righties and, and against lefties prior to this move being made. And you can argue that they actually had more thump in their lineup against lefties, uh, you know, with Gabby Moreno being as good yeah. as he was with Cattell doing what yeah. he does uh, with sure. Lourdes and Christian Walker and Eugenio Suarez all projected to do well against lefties as well. So I think it makes sense. I think it does solve a need. Uh, Jock Peterson is not JD Martinez. He is not Jorge Soler. I still think both of those guys on paper would have been more valuable additions to the team, uh, but they also would have likely cost considerably more. And uh, we don't have the terms about this, uh, as, as you said earlier, but I suspect that when all is said and done, Jock Peterson is coming to the Diamondbacks considerably uh, more cheaply than than either either of those guys would have. Let me first start off by saying that uh, I have have been a staunch supporter of JD Martinez. Now uh, I will also say, and I've backed that up with saying that it's it's emotional. It's not based in logic. It's not based in numbers. It's not based <laughs> in projections. It's based in my heart. Sure. Is what it's based in, Jesse. And now, really, when it comes down to this move. Jock Peterson seems like a guy, especially someone we haven't talked about nearly as much as the other four, including Justin Turner, right? We had Reese Hoskins in there. We had J.D. Martinez. And we had Jorge Soler. Jock Peterson is someone that we did touch on a bit as a potential fit, potentially as a platoon player. But uh, Jock is actually younger 
maybe just by a few months or so from Soler, but still of those three guys, at least the JD Martinez, uh, Jorge Soler, he's the youngest of those guys, which is something that doesn't, doesn't seem like to be the case, but you know, it's, it, it is the truth. And Jock has had some very good seasons in the past, uh, including in 2022, when I believe he was an all-star, uh, he had an eight, 42 OPS. I should be better about this and have my numbers up. Um, an 874 OPS in 2022. And uh, again, the one thing here is, is that he's going to be asked to primarily DH. Uh, there's not going to be much else asked of Jock Peterson. So I do feel like he is. Damon, you have left that comment up on the chat uh, for a long time. And I am <laughs> not opposed to it if it wasn't me for the fact that it's it's so blatantly uh, on brand for at least me. Um, okay, when it comes to Jock, though, I mean, uh, asking him to hit here against right-handers, uh, you know, we talked about his numbers. We talked about his stats, 241, 351, 435. He has some really good numbers. And in fact, uh, as you covered on the show earlier, his WRC plus was better against righties than Jorge Soler. The Diamondbacks really, I mean, <laughs> 26.9%, Jesse, 26.9% is the number of left-handed pitchers uh, last counted in Major League Baseball. So even though the platoon splits don't look great, there's not a lot of left-handed pitchers out there. I think somebody said, said it in the chat, perhaps, but like there's one left-hander in, in like the NL West or maybe a couple. I don't know. I, I saw a comment about that. I don't have a chance. To yeah. Make that. It's not like ultimately at the end of the day, they're going to have to face a lot of left-handed pitching uh, versus right-handers. And that means Jock is going to be considerably valuable to this team and to this lineup. Yeah, that's something that Buster only also tweeted about earlier um, as far as this move kind of making sense for the Diamondbacks. If you look at the rotations of other teams in the NOS, you you really don't see a whole lot of lefties. He laid it out in a tweet. Uh, James Paxton, uh, whom the Dodgers just recently acquired. He, as of right now, is the only lefty that's projected to be uh, in the Dodgers starting rotation. You'll go to the Giants. Uh, Kyle Harrison, I think, has a, has a chance to make the team uh, top left-handed pitching prospect for the Giants. Outside of that, you know, Logan Webb, uh, Ross Stripling, uh, Alex Cobb, uh, all the other guys in San Francisco are right-handed. And then you go over to San Diego, uh, and it's a similar story where, you know, you talk about Joe Musgrove and you Darvish, the guys at the top of that Padres rotation um, are, are all right handed as well. So from that standpoint, it, it does make sense. And uh, again, the the real the big difference between Peterson and Soler and Martinez is just what you're getting against lefties. And that's where we have to ask questions about what the Diamondbacks plans are against lefties. It's not going to be Jock Peterson. Uh, you know, uh, could you could you slide Cattell Marte? into the DH slot and, you know, maybe Kevin Newman gets in the lineup. Maybe he's playing second base. Uh, him and Cattell are kind of going back and forth on who's playing second base, something like that. Newman's bad. I could see uh, getting into the lineup in that scenario. Or I think it's very possible that the guy who uh, who gets the lion's share of reps against uh, against lefties at the DH spot is not in this organization yet. Uh, we've talked in the past about how the Diamondbacks have uh, a little bit more depth than they can really use right now. Uh, there's a lot of players that are probably useful major leaguers that the Diamondbacks just don't really have room for. And I could see that manifesting potentially in a trade uh, where maybe the Diamondbacks find a way to get uh, a fourth outfielder who's who's right handed to kind of bring uh, bring some balance to all of this. Uh, you know, Jake McCarthy, Dominic Fletcher, as as promising as those guys are. 
it's a little yeah. hard right now to see how they fit in and on this roster. Uh, I am La- I'm Ladris. I think is the uh, name of this person in our chat with the absolute hilarious uh, super chat. We appreciate you so much for that. Uh, they said I'm not realistic in the slightest, but having Tommy Pham platoon with Peterson at that DH spot would be the most objectively funny thing to ever happen to our franchise. Uh, and they're also depressed. No JD. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing is, is that even though we talked about Jorge Soler kind of being the bigger, better fit here of all the DH candidates, it feels like people are more upset about this not being JD Martinez rather than it not being Jorge Soler. And nobody's talking about it not being Justin Turner, and we know why. But, uh, no. Jesse, <laughs> I have to I have to ask the question again, and I know we discussed this just a little bit on the show earlier. Is there any possibility that the Diamondbacks make another move, and that move could be the person that potentially DHs at, at, against lefties, but maybe has some other value somewhere else, like perhaps behind the dish or somewhere? I think I think another move is inevitable. Um, I think it pretty much has to happen. As I said, you just don't like you don't really have a whole lot of use right now for Jake McCarthy and Dominic Fletcher. Uh, Jock Peterson is effectively replacing Paven Smith in my mind. Paven Smith was kind of your uh, your left handed DH get these type. People that, started uh, on that, Jesse. Don't <laughs> that the get had previously. Um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't expect Paven to have much trade value necessarily, but he's he's a piece that the Diamondbacks on on paper don't have a, a whole lot of room for. Uh, there's Jace Peterson. I, I don't know if he really has a clear spot on the roster. Emmanuel Rivera uh, is out of minor league options. I don't know if he really has a clear spot on this roster. So yeah, there's there's clearly a move to be made here on the margins. Um, where the Diamondbacks, you know, maybe unload some of that extra depth that they can't really use, give it to a team who can. And in return, maybe you're able to find, uh, like I said earlier, I think a right-handed hitting outfielder uh, would make a lot of sense. I don't think Tommy Pham would make a lot of sense uh, as much as he (laughs) theoretically could fit that profile. I I don't think you're looking at someone who's costing you much money at this point. Uh, This player is not uh, not really an everyday regular. Uh, You're talking about the short side of a platoon um, so, you know, I, I guess free agency could be an option there as well. There, there are some guys out there. There's, you know, there's Kevin Pilar. Uh, I was just looking at, at, uh, some options. There's Aaron Hicks. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not super enthralled with anyone in particular available in free agency, but I do think the diamondbacks need to make a trade, honestly, to just kind of clean up some of the, uh, the depth that they have that they can't really use and try to flip that into a depth that they could use and, you know, and potentially filling that, that DH spot against lefties as well. Uh, Jesse, there is talk in the chat, including from our very own Michaela Perkins, who says he better make a public apology for peeing <laughs> in our pool at his press conference. Uh, and she says, I swear to God. Uh, yeah, there's there's some history there. I mean, Jock has played in the NL West against the Diamondbacks quite a bit. And there's a lot of people that are not happy with the signing for multiple reasons. Uh, our very own friend and collector, Rock Knowledge, is furious right now. He won't even talk to me. He, we, he, he yelled at me in the in, in our in our group chat, and now he just refuses to speak to me as if I was the one that made the move about Jock Peterson. I was just trying to say, ultimately, at the end of the day, we needed to make a move. And the Diamondbacks, of course, do have some more moves to make. Like you said, they have the capital to do so. They have the ability to kind of part ways with certain guys at this point, even if it doesn't 
end up even if it ends up costing them they have shown already that they aren't afraid to move on from guys that cost them a lot of money if those guys are potentially holding them back from being a better team so i i do think that you're right i think some more moves are inevitable at this point um but i think that you just got to get to a point where this team is better with jock peterson as a part of it like you don't want him maybe out there defending yeah. anymore even though like i said he had more receiving yards on his high school football team than Devontae adams but that's a whole other thing that's a whole other thing that still doesn't make sense to me but uh there is a lot of value here in him at the plate and i mean again we talked about his peripherals earlier uh his peripherals and his you know baseball savant page very sexy very hot a lot yeah. to get excited about when you look at all of the red that they have on that on that baseball savant page absolutely yeah i mean we we showed it earlier in in our previous show uh jock peterson's ex woba in 2023 was almost identical to jd martinez and jorge solaire's uh, so in terms of just the quality of contact he was right up there with both of those guys granted he's being protected from lefties very heavily uh, whereas Soler and JD Martinez, of course, are are you know facing pretty much everyone, anyone, and everyone. Uh, so he's not as valuable of a hitter as as either Soler or Martinez. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that, but there is a lot of evidence, as we discussed earlier, that Jock Peterson didn't have the the down year, uh, at least to the extent of down year that it might look like he had in 2023. Uh, the numbers on on the surface aren't aren't going to blow you away. Uh, but, you know, he's hitting in San Francisco. It's obviously a very, very difficult place to hit home runs. There's a savant page that we showed earlier. I mean, these are legit numbers, right? A 52.2% hard hit rate. That was in the 96th percentile. Uh, his expected batting average was 264. His expected slugging was 481. Uh, you know, you compare those with his with his actual numbers. And uh, there's some there's some pretty big differences there. So uh, even from, you know, from a walk standpoint, he was in the 91st percentile in walk rate. He doesn't strike out a lot. He, his strikeout rate was was below the league average. So uh, there really is a lot to like here. It's just against righties, right? It just everything yeah. with Jock Peterson comes with that stipulation, and that's not a game that you have to play uh, with with Martinez and, and Soler. Yeah. Uh, fearless vampire killer in the chat says we also don't need to worry about JD or JT having a life alert moment on the base paths now. That's a that's a that's an old person joke, and that's a love uh, love. <laughs> I'm going to, as a 42 year old, I'm going to defend those two men, but no, I mean, again, that's something else that Jock Peterson actually does really, uh, you know, kind of bring here is the fact that he is younger than those guys. And there's, there's the potential for him to have the season, especially when you look at that baseball savant page that to have the season, like he had in 2022, more likely than he had in 2023, he hasn't been consistent his career. When you look back, he's had his ups and downs. I think, though, that the the opportunity for him to come here, play with this team, and just absolutely rake with these young guys on base, it's going to be fun to watch. The lineup with Jock Peterson against righties looks very good, Jesse. It looks very, very good. Did we? Did Jesse freeze? I don't know. Nope, he is. I, I was. I was frozen. You were frozen. You were frozen. Well, I have no Let's idea take, what you just said. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fine. Let's take a look at the projected lineup with uh, with Jock Peterson in it because it looks very good. Like I said, against right-handed pitching. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is my best guess, uh, and and so please nobody nobody be too hard on me for like oh you should have this person this. here or whatever. Uh, but yeah, we have Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Christian Walker. 
uh, Jock Peterson in the cleanup spot. Then it's Lourdes and Suarez in the fifth and sixth spots. And then Gabby Moreno, Alec Thomas, Geraldo Perdomo rounding out the lineup. There are no clear, uh, no clear downsides in this lineup, really, right? Uh, Gabby Moreno showed an ability to hit right-handed pitching toward the end of the season. Alec Thomas is certainly young and, and still developing and could improve. Um, Eugenio Suarez had a bit of a down year in 2023 offensively. Guriel didn't hit righties especially well in 2023. I think there's a chance that those numbers could tick up. And yeah, at the top of the lineup, I mean, Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Christian Walker, Jock Peterson, that's a pretty formidable uh, top four hitters in, in the lineup. And I guess the bigger thing is, is, is like I said earlier, it's just that there aren't any holes in the lineup, right? There's, there's no hitter in here. It's like, Oh, that, you know, that guy's an easy out or whatever. Uh, at this point with Jock Peterson, one through nine, the Diamondbacks have a, a formidable lineup all the way, all the way through. Uh, I, I like this Jesse. I, and I am, I'm not against this. I think that it's just a matter of, Sometimes with these free agent situations, you get really amped up about a couple of guys. And uh, the the big difference here with Jock Peterson, and this is pure speculation on my part, is that he, he most likely is going to cost the Diamondbacks less than what uh, the other two, three options were going to cost them potentially. Now, yeah. that does, does allow the Diamondbacks potentially to make those other moves that they might have still needed to make but wouldn't have been able to had they signed someone like Jorge Soler, right? So it, it remains to be seen until we know the terms of this deal. And then we see what Soler and JD Martinez get, uh, because then that gives fans potentially yeah. an opportunity to get very mad. If either of those guys sign for anywhere in the neighborhood of what we signed Jock Peterson for, but yeah. I, I think I don't, the, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, no, that, no. I think you're going to see Jorge Soler's deal. And you might be like, oh, gosh, I understand why the Diamondbacks didn't yeah. give Jorge Soler, you know, three years and 50 million or whatever it is. And it, it very well could be the same case with J.D. Martinez, you know, even though he's he's a little bit older. Um, you know, do you want to do you want to give J.D. Martinez two years and 40 million? It wouldn't surprise me if that was the price tag at the end of the day. We don't know what Jock Peterson's costing yet, but I think the difference here could be could be pretty substantial uh, when when all is said and done. Uh, Riley Dunn says his OPS, when you use his expected slugging, it's 829. That's very comparable to the other players, uh, other big players this offseason. And, and yeah. yeah, like we said, his expected stats, his baseball savant page, all of that gives a lot of reasons to like, you know, the idea here of Jock Peterson coming and playing at Chase Field and not playing uh, in San Francisco any longer, which it's not exactly a, a very hitter friendly environment. And honestly, being able to just focus primarily now on, on a DH role for a competitive young team that's going to do the heavy lifting when it comes to the other stuff. All Jock Peterson's job is, is to, is to rake and, and, and get those RBI. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously Mike Hazen has a lot of, he, he has a lot of knowledge here. And I feel like that there might be not only financial decisions going into this, as far as the deal that they might've been able to get Peterson for, but also, you know, he's kind he's kind of a he's a baseball savant himself, Jesse. He knows what he's doing. And I think when he looks at the NL West pitching, the Diamondbacks are going to be facing Jock Peterson's familiarity with these other teams uh, and some other factors. I think that there might just be some forecasting here that makes Peterson look like he could potentially have a better season than someone like J.D. Martinez and also ultimately be cheaper uh, for the franchise to acquire. 
Yeah, I mean, we we talked about uh, Jack Summers compiled some uh, some projections over at Fangraphs. If you like combine Steamer and Zips together, Jock Peterson was right there at the top of the list. I think his projected OPS for 2024 was 795. Reese Hoskins, I think, was identical. Jorge Soler was just a tick above that in like the low 800s. Uh, and as we discussed the other day, JD Martinez was actually at the bottom of that list. Projection systems just yeah. utterly hate JD Martinez going into 2024, <laughs> and it very well may be the case that you know those projection systems are way off and jd is going to come back and and have a you know have a really good season but if you're the diamondbacks you know and and you don't necessarily have a ton of money left over to spend uh and you're the kind of team that that is hurt quite a bit you know when you make an investment that doesn't pay off did it make sense for the diamondbacks to be the team that was going to give jd martinez that money uh you know even if their computers might not have been saying he was he was really going to be all that great in 2024 Right. I, I think that's a risk that it probably makes more sense for other teams to take than the Diamondbacks. And uh, and Soler, yeah. you know, I, I mean, his projected numbers were quite strong. But even he is, as we talked about, like his 2022 season was not good. Uh, right. I mean, he he had signed yeah. a three year deal with yeah. the Marlins. Uh, yeah. He had an opt out after 2022. But he wasn't going anywhere close to that opt out. Right. Because he did not no, have a good. He wasn't going to make all. that kind of money elsewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously it made sense for him to come back and, and he had a great season in 2023, but he hasn't really been the model of, of consistency either. Uh, Jock Peterson, you know, not necessarily the model of consistency in his own right, but you're, you're paying less here and you're, you're fixing, you're fixing what I view as a big need and adding some thump against right-handed, uh, right-handed pitching. And you've still got some things to figure out against lefties, but uh, like you said earlier, like there, there's still there's still time for the Diamondbacks to to figure that out the rest of the offseason. Mike says, Derek, you're cool and awesome. Oh, thanks, Mike, uh, for trying to be positive. I get it, bro. <laughs> but this signing sucks. LOL. Uh, yeah, I get it, Mike. Well, and again, it's not it's not the signing I wanted, if I'm being honest about it. But it's, yeah. it's the signing that we we have. Right. And I guess the positive spin here is my true fear was that they wouldn't do anything at all, that they would assess their positional needs, maybe bring in a relief pitcher, figure out who they were going to have a backup catcher, and then call it a day. And honestly, that was probably going to be the biggest mistake that they could have made. Bringing someone like Jock Peterson in does improve this lineup. And I know that people aren't excited about it, nearly as excited as some of the other options, and I get that. It still means, though, that in reality, we're no longer talking about if the Diamondbacks are going to sign a DH. We're more talking about that they have and let's see the impact that he has. And as the season plays out, we'll get to play fun games comparing Jock Peterson to Soler and Martinez, wherever they land. But for the time being, at least the Diamondbacks have done something to assess that need. Uh, I think it was Goldschmidt happens on Twitter was saying that he's, you know, and, and, and again, um, this is just one of those situations where the feedback is generally negative. And uh, some of the feedback is, you know, like, oh, there goes Ken Kendrick again, not spending money, not doing anything to improve the team. And like that couldn't be further from the truth in regards to what the Diamondbacks have done this offseason. They made it to the yeah. World Series and the Diamondbacks have gone out and directly assessed every single one of their weaknesses. And they have tried to do something to you know, improve the team in every one of those ways. Are, are they are, are they able to go out there and sign Shohei Otani and Yamamoto? No, you know, few teams were. In fact, there was only a handful of teams in the running and and none, none of those teams were most likely going to be able to do what the Dodgers have done this offseason. There is something that is very uh, wrong about what the Dodgers are doing versus what the rest of Major League Baseball 
is doing. So with that being said, it's hard to compare us to them within the same division. You can't say, though, that the Diamondbacks haven't gone off and had a good offseason, including this signing of Jock Peterson. I think this firmly moves them, as far as Jesse's survey question the other day, into the A mm-hmm. category. Maybe it's an A minus, you know, maybe it's not that A plus yeah. that we probably all would have felt. If <laughs> some Solero people are going to be, here. some people dislike Jock Peterson to the point. So where, much it's yeah, going to go down to a C. They were B like, plus. we were at a B, but now it's a C. <laughs> yeah. Now it's, you're, you're, you're done. But uh, Tim in the chat says, Derek, Jesse, this means we're signing Gary Sanchez, right? Oh, I wish that was the case, but uh, somebody, and we did talk about that. Twitter asked, uh, this yeah, was the exact, Twitter yeah, asked this was the exact well. combo. We did a, we a were literally about. talking about, yeah, we were literally talking about like, well, Gary Sanchez wouldn't make a ton of sense if you were getting like JD Martinez, but if you get Jock Peterson, then yeah, uh, you know, Gary Sanchez could kind of help fill in in that DH spot against lefties where you'd certainly still want Gabby Moreno in the lineup. Uh, he could help back up against righties. Do I expect that move to happen? Not really. Uh, I'm I'm skeptical that the Diamondbacks have a, have a whole lot of money to spend at this point. Not that Sanchez would be hugely expensive, um, but I I'm I'm not really expecting them to spend much of anything on a backup catcher, given that you know they already added Tucker Barnhart on on a minor league deal. We we've talked a little bit about what what he could bring to the team. One thing I I do want to point out: last season, I just looked this up. Last season, Diamondbacks designated hitters, hitters in that DH spot for the Diamondbacks, hit 218, 286, 390. Ew. Uh, they were oh. at minus 1.4 wins above replacement from the <laughs> DH slot in 2023. That ranked 29th oh in all of baseball. Jock Peterson is just... We made the yeah, somehow, 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 and the DH spot in the in the postseason continued to be not a not a, a very yeah. productive spot for the D-backs. Jock Peterson is such an enormous upgrade, really, over what the Diamondbacks got from that spot last year. Yeah, and I and I think uh, that's that that's the assessment here, at least. But I get it; people don't like Jock. It's uh, it, it's it's not going to be something that changes. Uh, I will say this to to at least end this conversation uh, or or at least compare it to last year. Evan Longoria was a guy that we weren't excited about. And to be honest, Evan Longoria was a delightful member of this team that contributed in many ways. Tommy Pham was a guy that when they signed him, we were or when they when they got him, when they picked him up, it was like uh, you, you tra- they traded for him. Uh, it was uh, it was questionable at best and a lot of the same things that you hear including the same story that follows both of these guys around about each other uh it was like (laughs) is he a good fit for the locker room is he this or is he that fam ended up being an absolute leader for this team down the stretch and in the clubhouse and uh he was one of our favorite people to speak to as far as you know as far as players to interview i i will withhold judgment until we actually start seeing results during the regular season. The only thing that we sure. can do right now is take a look at those numbers that Jesse presented, how he's going to improve this lineup, and and hope that maybe what we see is is him kind of have one of those bounce-back years like he has had over the length of his career, where he can kind of have a down year and then next year uh, putting back up the same numbers that he was. You know, So uh, I, I think that the change of environment here could be a great fit for him, and I, I do think that he should apologize for peeing in the pool. That's absolutely something uh, that he should do. But once we once he does that, we're cool. Yeah, I mean, 
from from like an emotional standpoint, I fully understand fans who were completely in love with JD Martinez and like not very in favor of Jock Peterson at all uh, because Jock Peterson played for the Dodgers for a long time, right? And the last couple of years he spent with the Giants. Like this has been he has been an NL West nemesis for Diamondbacks fans for a very long time. And it takes some time, right, to kind of get over that and, and sort yeah. of adopt someone like that as your own. Uh, so for people feeling that way, I, I fully I fully understand. Uh, I think on paper, this is a smart move for the Diamondbacks. Um, but uh, as we said earlier, it's something that probably should be followed by something else. Not a not a big move. I, I don't think they're going to go get JD now and, and get you know, both of them, right. I, you know, right. I, I don't think right. they're going to do anything big, most likely in any capacity for the rest of the off season. You're probably looking at, at moves around the margins, but uh, there is a world where the D-backs make a smart trade and, and this move that, that already makes a good amount of sense makes even more sense at that point. As someone pointed out earlier in the chat, Jesse, the moves will inevitably happen this weekend because you're going on vacation. So correct. Of course, yes. Any follow-up no moves will happen while I'm gone. The press conference will certainly happen while I'm gone. That's uh, absolutely so I'm fully prepared. It. I'm fully prepared for all of that. <laughs> That's absolutely it. Um, well, oh, there's a lot of discussion about the pearl necklace. The pearl necklaces are absolutely coming over here. Uh, I was at that stupid art auction I told you about that I had no business being at. And one of the first items auctioned off Jesse was a pearl necklace. And of course, the first person I thought of, which is Jock Peterson. Uh, and then I couldn't get there over the know. fact that the auctioneer was trying to tell everybody in the audience that just a single pearl in that necklace was worth $5,000 and it ended up going for $3,500. And he was pissed. He was like, Ugh! like I could tell in his voice, he wasn't happy that that necklace went for as cheap as it got, as it went for. But uh, we got to get authentic pearl necklaces, you and me matching ones for uh you know <laughs> for the rest of the season all the whole team as long, needs as, purple as, long hair, as you're pro as long necklaces. as you're buying Derek I'm I'm on board <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh big shout out to all of you in the chat for joining us today we appreciate you guys for stopping by uh we will have more information on this hopefully tomorrow we will have some terms on this deal and it will uh, hopefully a little bit more confirmation and if for some reason this deal doesn't happen it's all gambo's fault every bit of this is gambo's <laughs> fault and we take no responsibility on basically doing this podcast but uh, of course you can follow us on twitter we are i'm at cap underscore caveman with a k uh jesse is at jesse and friedman of course damon is the people's producer he is at damon dog that's d-a-w-g we are damon's dogs Bark, 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 bark. We're, we still do that on emergency podcast, Jesse. It doesn't matter. hundred oh, we percent. Do we're always, yeah, right. we're always Damon's dogs. We're always Damon's dogs. Of course. Uh, oh, and, and Jacob is not Damon's dogs. Uh, I want to just make that clear. He is not part of Damon's dogs. So no, just no. in case there was any questions about that, uh, Ryan <laughs> says Pearl necklace equals world series. That's it. That's it. I'm so excited. I'm smacking my microphone around, but anyway, uh, big ski to you all. Thank you guys for being here. Of course you can follow our show at PHNX underscore D backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by. We will be back again tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, and in the meantime, you guys have a great evening. We thank you for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you sign Jorge Soler. <laughs>